I'm Peter Jones, and welcome to The Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion, and our love of football, alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. So we are in a beautiful setting. We've come to the very top of the Piccadilly line, haven't we? We've gone past Cockfosters. We're in the West Lodge Park Hotel. Very beautiful. beautiful. And today's guest for episode 21 of the Foyne Jones Show. We're quite privileged today, Callum. We're quite privileged. Um, We've got Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, welcome to the show. Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. Really looking forward to this, Pete. You bigged it up massively. I've bigged it up. I've bigged it up. I've got my first first real footballer on the Foyne Jones Show. Um, How long have you been retired? I've been retired 20 years now. 20, 20 years 20 retired, years yeah. Retired I remember footballer. seeing you playing number seven for Millwall. Yeah? Yeah, I remember, mate, back in them days. We both had hair back then, didn't we? We both had hair. <laughs> I mean, you were probably still a bit quicker than me then, and you probably still a bit quicker than me now, Jim, are not you? I'm not sure. I think, I think the pace has probably just, just left me at the moment. But uh, I think te- technically, that's, I mean, we laugh about this, but 20 years down the line, I still play uh, Vets football. I've got a game out in um, out in Ireland this yeah. coming Saturday, actually, for, yeah. for Liverpool. Liverpool yeah. uh, old boys. So there's myself, Ronnie Whelan, Ray Houghton, Babsy, uh, Gary Gillespie. Good Fulham and, boy, uh, Ray Houghton. Ray Houghton, good lad, good lad. <laughs> love, love, love Ray. But, but we're going we're gonna to structure this show differently. So, so when I launched the podcast, it was about bringing to life people and personalities in my sector. Yeah. You know, it was talking to the, the founder of a multi-million pound manufacturing business who, who's a passionate Sheffield Wednesday fan. You know, so actually getting to humanise him and getting to know him. But what we're going to talk to you about, Jimmy, is we're going to ask you to sort of share your share your stories in football, you know, the career, the highs, the lows, yeah. some of the proudest proudest moments. Um, and we've got the stats, we've done our homework, so we, we know the badges and the shirts you've worn. Fantastic. Um, you support 10 different teams, don't you? <laughs> well, listen, I grew up, uh, I grew up uh, supporting Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in, in Hackney, Stoke Newington. Yeah. My dad uh, come across from India. I mean, not a lot of people know that I was one of the first Asian players to ever play in the, in the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, my dad come across in his early twenties. Uh, Mum walked out when we were when we were little kids, and um, yeah, my dad brought me me my brother up from little babies. So we were just little street urchins, just um, <laughs> went to a sort of box down a comprehensive school. No one really aspired to sort of further education back then. It was very much, you know, um, very much street street boys, and I just had a love for football. I really did so I grew up an Arsenal supporter yeah. you know, literally a 10 minute walk from Highbury so when you talk about teams who I support I mean Arsenal were my first my, my first love really fantastic mate so you talk about that you see I grew up um, out of my back window you know I could hear the shed singing like, yeah. I genuinely could hear him singing carefree I was that close to Stamford Bridge yeah. but I grew up a Fulham fan so I used to walk 15 yeah. minutes the other way because my yeah. granddad loved Johnny Ains yeah. and because Johnny Ains was his, his hero yeah. and there's a there's a really interesting story behind that he um, my granddad was what I would call one of those old fashioned villains Jimmy so uh, okay. you know I had, a, I, had a, right. I had an interesting upbringing nice. um, he, was, he was great when he was around but he wasn't always around <laughs> if you get my move but um, okay. they used to drink in a club on Shoreditch Road Fulham and it was opposite yeah. a betting shop and he got out and it was uh, having yeah. a drink so yeah. Welcome back, yeah. and uh, they went over the road into the betting shop, and um, he'd always loved Fulham, and he always like, loved it. But Johnny Ainge was in there with a few of his entourage, and he's England yeah. captain at the time. Of course, you know, top, so top first hundred pound a week player, yeah. and he gave my granddad like a score. He went, look, yeah. you know, look after yourself, which is yeah. quite a lot of money back that then. Yeah. yeah, he said like, look after yourself, bang. And from that moment, yeah. there was no other. So he only had two daughters, my mum and my aunt. So when I come along, I was oldest grandchild. Yeah. first son sort of thing completely spoiled so we was always down the cottage and J- Jimmy I cursed him for years mate do you know what I mean really? when, when I was watching for him we were yeah. in like the fourth the old fourth yeah do you know what I mean so yeah, yeah I mean I yeah. remember going to a game once we were 91st and we lost to a team that were 92nd Gosh. you know that's unbelievable wasn't it really oh, and mate, now things have sort of moved on but, changed, but you so. know if, if someone had said to me back then when yeah. it wasn't that long ago you know I was only no. 15, 16 years old, yeah, if someone had said to me, yeah. we'd go to the Europa League final, we'd play in the Premier League, we'd yeah. win at Wembley, yeah. I'd have thought they weren't going mad. Yeah, Absolutely mad. So it's, it's, a great, it's a great story and the fact that your granddad took you down there. Football does it though, doesn't it? It does, and, it, and, it, and it's all about that. I mean, we have that at Millwall, you know, if you're, if you're a Millwall supporter as a, as a dad, you know, when you have kids, you, you know, it's not like, say, say, you know, as a couple get married, as a Man United supporter or whatever, and, and, and you have a child. You know that that, that that child could be could be Liverpool, could be Man United, could be Chelsea. If you're a Millwall supporter, your your kids are Millwall, mate. There's, yeah. there's, 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 there's nothing going on apart from that. So yeah. it's a tradition. It's a hand down sort of legacy. Oh, J- like. Jimmy, I, I dip I dip mine. 
you know, they had no choice. They were like, you're Fulham and you're Fulham. Yeah. Callum over there, you know, Callum, say hello. Young Callum. Hello. How hello, you doing, Callum? Callum. Callum's good. Callum, Callum's old man's a mate of mine, he's Fulham, so Callum works for me. Yeah. Well, I don't just employ Fulham fans, I so would I'm say. Surrounded that. by Fulham. Yeah, mate, yeah. mate, we're, ta- we're taking I mean, over. You, you, well, guys, listen, you know it's a big day tomorrow. We're taking you, over. You know, let's, yeah. let's, 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 let's give that little plug. It's a massive game tomorrow, isn't it? And, I know uh, we're going to come on to and that. that. And that's why we got you here today, Jimmy. <laughs> and that's why we said we're going to get some proper in, because you've played for lots of teams, mate. I mean, you know, you've done a tour of London. Palace, QPR, yeah. Millwall, yeah. Um, Liverpool, Arsenal, Oxford, Pompey, and then back to Millwall. But yeah. most people would know you as a Millwall player. Yeah. They'd know you as that number seven, that tricky winger. Um, but the first British Asian to play in the top flight, that, that's yeah. an amazing achievement. And that's not as widely known as, as it could be. Yeah. Is that by choice? Is yeah. that just... Do, do you know what? I mean, I didn't, um, I didn't make it public when, yeah. I, when I was playing and, and I get asked a lot of questions now I mean this and, and to this day no one really has picked up on yeah. the fact that I was one you know the first Asian yeah. player I mean they'll talk about Michael Chopra and, and all these sort of guys but they came way after yeah. I guess because it's my, my name's Carter my surname's Carter but no one's really sort of picked up and it's certainly when I was playing Pete I think just people maybe thought especially the Millwall supporters I'd gone on too many sunbeds yeah yeah well, you know, mate but that's, 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 yeah. not un- that's not uncommon down no. on Kent Road mate is no, it no, no, cheeky little, sunbed little before cheek, a night out cheeky sunbed so, yeah. so I think they just they didn't even put two, two and two together but I think back then I was not really sort of concentrating on that side of things too much it was all about folk my focus was on you know staying in the first team playing well and try and contribute to a to what was a fantastic team we had and to be fair we were the first team ever in Mills history to go up to the top flight which is now the Premier League and it was it was absolute dreamland, you know, to all, all of a sudden to be. To, to I be mean that that season. So so that was what eighty eight, wasn't it? 88? That was uh, 87, 88 is, Eight. is the season we went up. Yeah, eighty seven, eighty eight. So yeah. so I remember that. So so I was fifteen. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I was fifteen, and I remember sort of the, the shock waves it sent that, that yeah. you know Millwall and now in the top yeah. right. It was like boom. Yeah. But that was a team, wasn't it? Decent side. I mean, what was good about that team, people, is, is you had four or five, if not, yeah, maybe maybe six players who had come through the ranks at Millwall. Mm. So you had that solid core of homegrown talent, and for mm. me, that's really vital for a club like Millwall when you're looking to compete and to, to give the club the identity. Um, mm. So you had the likes of Brian Hall in goal. Um, he, he's putting a little bit of timber to be further in there. Uh, you had Keith Stevens, Rhino. Rhino, a, mate, yeah, Millwall legend. Player, absolute legend. When we talk about the Millwall legends, I mean, Rhino will be certainly up there with the likes of Barry Kitchener, Harry Cripps, um, Neil Harris, Chop you Rowe, know, yeah. Chop Harris, all, all these top, top players. And Rhino was one of these guys, I mean, not being funny, hard as nails, will run through an absolute brick ball for Millwall Football Club. Looking, looking at Fulham's defending over the last few years, mate, that's that's exactly the model of a centre half I would want. So I want yeah. to kick things, head things, yeah. lead things, yeah. shout shout at three people, you know, that, just just you know, leader of men, warrior. That, that's that's what that's what you want. And and listen, Millwall, you know, they 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 thrive on watching a, a certain type of player. And listen, you. They, they do realise also the Millwall fans that you, not everyone's going to kick lumps out of people and, and steam into like mm. launching the two forty tackles. You know, thankfully we had the likes of Terry Earl and Les Briley in the middle of the park there. So for me on the right wing, I, I probably didn't have to t- make a tackle yeah. too much. But so I had Terry Earl inside me. He played Rhino, for Fulham for a little while. He did. He came yeah. Fulham. I had Rhino just behind me. So listen, it was you're it, quite well protected, I'd imagine, I was like well inside protected, right wing. You know? I was well protected, <laughs> and if it, if, it, if it ever got a little bit tasty with the fullback, you know, yeah. Terry Earl and Rhino were there to step in. So. Listen, like I said before, with the Mill support, they just want to see someone who represents that shirt and goes out and gives 100%. So I think from my point of view, although I weren't steaming at the tackles, probably showed a different type of bravery on the pitch in terms of, because it's a hard, it's a very, very hard place to go and yeah. play. So we're talking about how you make it as a pro. So yeah. I guess you might have played district football, yeah? Districts. Uh, yeah, yeah, played, so played district, played, played for in a, a London county Yeah, because well, so. I remember always being in like the, the periphery, do you know what I mean? I was always in the periphery, but never, yeah. in, never in that final 20, or do you know what I mean? So Okay. And after a few, few years, you get a bit sick of just making the numbers up for the training, didn't you? So but what position did you play for? I used to play I used to play centre mid or centre back, okay. um, but Pulling I was much streams. more, I was a Tony Gale. I was more of a Tony Gale. I, was, I weren't a rhino, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I weren't a rhino. I was definitely a bit of a more, culture centre off. Yeah, yeah, I was 
I was ahead of my time, I think, mate. Okay. I could have been a libero. Do you know what I mean? I could have been sweeping it around, on him with balls. Or I'd go up top and be the really slow target man. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Cass, who you played with. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, like them boys. But yeah. but but when you when you come through that and you get yeah. spotted by a scout, where, where, yeah. where did it happen for you, mate? Because it's so different now. They take them when they're babies almost, don't they? Of course, but, of course. That, worked, that didn't go on back then, yeah. completely. It really didn't. I mean, you know, you got to you were 12, 13, playing your district football before you really got scouted. Mm. It wasn't like uh, scouts were going about picking up kids yeah. at six, seven, eight years old. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's t- totally different. But, Was it? Um, do you think it's less brutal then, or now more brutal now? I think it's always been pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, you look at the you look at the percentage rates that actually players who've, who who genuinely come through the ranks yeah. and and end up uh, becoming professional footballers. It's, the percentage yeah. is very very minute. Well, when I coached, I, I coached at Fulham, and, I, and I'm going to bring Fulham into this as much as I can because obviously yeah, we're going to win right. tomorrow night, Jim. Yeah. Um, but but when I coached at Fulham, I, I did it in for Hammersmith for Fulham, and it was uh, you know we had development squads that played, and it was under sixes up to under twelves, and yeah. you know and, and the better ones we would send to like the, the development centres who then would be there but yeah. the, but you know you're talking so many hardly anyone really even makes it through just into the academy yeah. um when was the moment when you thought yeah you know jimmy carr is gonna make it i listen it's, i mean you, you i've always dreamt always yeah. dreamt i mean as, as as a kid we all do always wanted to you know my, my dream was to be a football player and I, for, for me you know, as, as, as long as I can remember, I always as soon as I, I picked up a football, it just felt like Natural. there was something that I did you knew. come alive. I just did, came yeah. alive. It's just I'm yeah. even talking about it now. Yeah. Pete, the hairs no, I can, I can see, and, 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 out, and there must you know? have been some. You know, I mean, you, you said it a bit tongue in cheek, but you know, being like a street kid, a street urchin. Yeah. But I remember wanting to play with the big kids and wanting to get that ball yeah. from, and you get, you know, yeah. and you go, you, you, you know. Yeah. And, and I used to go out in Fulham. I'd go out at like nine in the morning, yeah. say to my name, so if my name and granddad, I'd say, see you later. Like, oh, I'll see you for dinner. What time? Yeah, about eight o'clock at night. Yeah. I'd be out yeah. all day yeah. playing football. Yeah, absolutely. Covered in scratches and. But that was a life, wasn't it? That was the life. I, I, I mean, we had a park called Kisso Park, which is literally borders mm. Islet and the Hackney beside Highbury. And I used to go over there with my brother, and you see like I don't know, thirty aside on this, on this big pitch, cut yeah. the jumpers down and what have you. Let's go, go wins. Eh? Yeah, I'd go, I'd go over there as, as uh, you know, and, it, and it, these are big lads. These are like nearly adults. These kids, you know, these these boys. And I was like a little 12, 13 year old, and I'd go over there and go, "Is any chance of a game?" And they'd go, "Go and ask him." And in in the end, they go, "No, mate, you, you, you know, I go, please, just let me have five minutes." And I go in there. And within about 10 minutes, they're all going, who, who is this kid? Who is this kid? And do you know, I'd love, I'd love doing that shock yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. for me, it was like lovely. And, and that's a great little grounding for me, playing against these big kids yeah. who were like massively physical. So I was always a late developer. When I was 18, for example, I looked like a 16 year old. I was very, yeah. very slight. Um, like I say, I've got, I've got Asian origins so and my dad was quite petite. So, um, but you know, going back to your question in terms of when did I think I've actually made it. I don't think you, you can ever, I mean, listen, when you get your, your letter yeah, to say yeah. that you're pro, but obviously come 13, 14, when, you, when I signed schoolboy forms for Palace. Left home. Left home at 16, was in digs with, uh, with, with a family over, in, over near Croydon Way. And um, yeah, that, that was my life, you know, for two years, trying to, you know, make my, my inroads and trying to impress the, the hierarchy and the management, if you like, of, of that was good enough to sign. And that was in 1983, contract. mate. Yeah, that was in 1983. By, by the way, I just got married as well. I got married at 18, which is, which is quite an interesting yeah. point because it actually got some relevance. Because we, we, um, I met a girl when I was 17. Six months later, we got married. Uh, we're still very much uh, married. 35 years down the line. Oh, that sounds like a song. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a David So just got married and. Um, so I, signed, so I signed pro 18, and there's me thinking, right, this is brilliant. This is actually, this is where I want to be. I'm now a pro footballer. But it all went terribly, terribly wrong for me from that point. Really? There's me thinking. What's that? Was I, it, is it the wife's fault? Or? No, it weren't at all. Yeah. I mean, listen, she's she's top, top girl, I mean, yeah. and still is. I mean, what happened was, I think my head went a little bit. So yeah. all of a sudden, I went, I went from 25 quid a week to 70 quid a week. And I thought me head, I thought I, I thought I was I was like Charlie Big Potatoes. I grew my hair long. I had a little little stud in my earring. I'd be rocking up around the pitch like Jack Grealish with his socks around his ankle, and um, frequenting a couple of little nightclubs during the week and all that. And within six months, my contract at, at uh, Crystal Palace got ripped up. At 18 and a half, my whole life had caved in. I was in disarray. My my I was on the scrap heap. With no, with no education to fall back on, because like like I said no, before, yeah, no, I get that. At, at, thir- at 14, I knew what I was going to be doing, so I was yeah. 18. So I didn't even concentrate on any any academic work. I just thought I just was. For me, there was no plan B. I was literally going to be a pro football player. Um, so 18 and a half, I was on the scrap heap. So, and that was a really really dark time for me, Pete. And one where I had to really really dig deep because I then 
got to realise that I just I just thrown everything, that my whole dream, my yeah. whole life away, and I'd probably never get another chance. Uh, but luckily I did. Luckily I did. I mean I went on. I wrote off to 92 league clubs. Um, I got two responses, and both of them were no. Um, I forget the clubs who, who, who actually did respond, but they were both negative responses. <coughs> and um, went on trial. So um, you seriously write to 92 and then just got two, two, yeah. two I mean, it took, it took me three or four months, because uh, yeah. I just thought, you know what, um, how am I going to get back in? I yeah. just did not know. And my wife just saw me down in the dumps, literally on the, on, on the brink of depression, yeah. you know, not, not having anything to do my whole life. I had, no, I had nothing to look forward to anymore. All of a sudden, my whole life from 14 to 18 yeah. had been, been all around football. All of a sudden, I'm signing on the dole. Um, I went to work in my mate's off licence in Enfield, stacking shelves, and I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I had, I, had a, I had an unbelievable opportunity, and this is what, it's, what it came yeah. to. I remember going to, um, um, down to Tottenham and just asking for a trial. That's how sort of, that's how sort of dead, you know, determined I was. Because about two months before I got released from Palace, I played in the reserve game for Crystal Palace against Tottenham mm. and I was at White Hart Lane. And I was playing against a lad who was actually a Welsh international, a guy called uh, Mark Bowen. I he remember ne- him. He didn't play that okay, much so in the that, first Okay, so that kind of makes sense now, now we're looking yeah. at where you ended up. So he's, he's gone into... Um, so he was a Welsh international, yeah. but 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 wasn't a regular because of the side they had at the time. Yeah, because yeah. Chris Hewitt would have been there. I think Chris Hewitt was, was, was it? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I remember playing against against Mark, and I actually literally took him to the to the, the laundry and the dry cleaners that day. Had a fantastic game. Stuck one in from from thirty yards when we, when we left foot. So my missus went to me one day. How about going to, going just rocking up at Tottenham and and going asking them if they remember you from yeah, that yeah. game and see if you get a trial. I said I said to my wife, I said Anne, I'm not being funny. I've yeah. just got released from 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 Palace. Um, how am I going to go to Spurs and they're going to offer me a trial? She went, you just never know. Yeah. So she was a Tottenham girl. Well, we were living in Tottenham yeah, yeah. Mums at the time. I walked down Tottenham High Road, walked straight into White Hart Lane, went to reception and said, I said to her, is, uh, is John Pratt around? Now, John Pratt was a reserve team manager. Great, great guy and always got so much respect for him. Um, she said, um, why, why do you want to? He is, he's upstairs. I said, my name's Jimmy Carter. I just got released from Palace. Yeah. I said, is there any chance I can have five minutes? She went, she looked at me and I think she sent something, you know, yeah. she, she sent a little bit of desperation. But she went, she picked the phone up, she went, put the phone, she went, it'd be down in a couple of minutes. I see John Pratt walking down yeah. the stairs at White Hart Lane and he went, Jimmy, how's it going? And I thought straight away, he, I think he remembers me. But your heart said he's in your mouth, and yeah, you can see him coming yeah. right down the stairs. Yeah, but I weren't, I weren't shy. I weren't shy. Yeah. I was a little cheeky chap, chap yeah. do you know what I mean? Like I say, a little bit of a street urchin. I wasn't scared of putting mm. myself out there. And um, I went, John, just to let you know, just thanks for coming down. I said, listen, just got released from Palace. You know, I played half decent yeah. against you boys, Mark Bowen, blah, blah. He went, of course. I went, is there any chance? I know this is like a real long yeah. shot. Is there any chance of, of a trial at Spurs? He went, Jimmy, it was a Friday. I remember it was a Friday. He went, come to Chesnut on Monday and you'll have a kick waiting yeah. for you. So I tried. I tried there for a couple of weeks. I wasn't as good as any any better than what they had. Yeah. They had a good a good crop of youngsters coming through. Didn't didn't I done okay? But it wasn't to be. I then went. I thought, you know what? Let's. Um, I've tried Spurs. Let me go and try Leighton Orient. So I, again, I got the bus, right, and I, I rocked up at uh, Brisbane Road. Frank Clark was manager. Knocked on the door. I said, listen, can I try to speak to Frank Clark? It took me in there. I said, Frank. Um, he, he agreed to meet me. I said, this time, this time I didn't ask for a trial. I went because it was pre-season. I went. I've been released from Palace. I'm not after a trial. I said, but if there's any way I can train with you over pre-season, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I know, I know, if I get my foot in there, I'm going to play some games, and I can show him what I can do. I ain't going to just be running around yeah, the forest. Yeah. One of the hardest pre-seasons I've ever done, by the way. So anyway, he said, yeah, come, come on Monday. Done pre-season. I literally ripped it up over there. To this day, they talk about this little skinny Indian kid who come, <laughs> who come and take, take, take the piss out of all the first team boys, but I didn't have any money at the time. So Frank called me and he went, "Listen, Jim, you've done exceptionally well. We ain't got no money to take you on. Gonna have to say no." Um, then I then I'm just thinking, right, okay, that's a fourth division club. Yeah. Where do I go from there? Literally, I've, I've I've been to the top of the tree. Spurs, no. Anyway, cut a long story short. My missus are going. Have a little bright spot for the missus. Why don't you find the PFA? Find a PFA and say, ask them if they know any agents that could put you in touch, they can put you in touch with, who might be able to get you a trial somewhere. So I phoned up the PFA, <clears throat> told them my situation, and they give me this number. The guy's name was Paddy Salden. Now I phoned up Paddy Salden, he had two mates in football, it turned out. Weren't, weren't yeah. prolific, but he had, one was Ron Atkinson, and one was uh, Jim Smith. Now, Jim okay. Smith QPR, so. Yeah, yeah. And I phoned him up, he went, I went, Paddy, this is my situation. He went, tell you what, I'm going to come around your house Saturday. He said, I'm going to spend an hour with you. By the time I leave, I'll tell you if I can help you. Anyway, came round, 
didn't talk hardly about anything about football, just talking about general chit chat. We brought out our best cups, got yeah. night, digestive biscuits and what have you. Anyway, turned around, left the, left the house, turned around, he went, I'll call you to, on Monday. Called me on Monday, so I've got your trial at QPR. And QPR, remember back then, Pete? Yeah, plastic the pitch, yeah, plastic pitch, right, yeah. Yeah, forget, forget horrible, not 4G forget, or 3G, forget 4G, mate. There was one G in there. There was one G in there. That ball used to bounce high, didn't it, mate? If it bounced, it weren't coming down. So I, I got I got the QPR on trial, and um, all of a sudden I'm like Garincha out there on the right wing, Stanley Matthews, because the defenders couldn't yeah. slide in. So I'm like drinking and all that. Anyway, they gave me a con- they, they they couldn't make their mind up. They gave me three month to months, 100 quid a week. Then on the third month they went, okay, we're going to give you an 18 month contract. So I'm playing in the reserves, 175 quid a week. They went, listen, um, and I was knocking the door. I was playing well enough to be yeah, in the yeah, first team. Yeah, QPR yeah. were in the top. So who's keeping you out? Uh, probably Wayne Faraday. Yeah, Wayne Faraday. Yeah, Did Wiggly play in then as well? Uh, well, Wiggly come to the yeah, club. Yeah, he had come. Michael Robinson, who, yeah, yeah. who was from... Uh, if Falco Boston. was up, up top. Uh, he uh, come late and fought Bannister. Falco. Yeah, no, you had Gary Bannister, yeah. John Byrne. That's it, Byrne and Bannister. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, them type players. Yeah. Um, Alan Brazil come for a little while as well. I always remember... They had Steve Wicks at the back, didn't they? Steve Wicks, yeah. you had Gary Chivers, you had yeah. um, Warren Neal, Ian Dawes, uh, Peter Rucker in goal. Peter, uh, oh, Gary Wadden, yeah, yeah. uh, Martin Allen, who's a good friend of mine, Martin to this day. So he had a decent side, but the two wide men were, were, were but it was getting in, getting in. So yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't. Anyway, yeah. knocking on the door, playing out my skin would not. Jim Smith would not give me a chance in the first. But, but fair play to you, though, mate, because like you know, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers, I don't know the, ra- the ratios, and, and you'd be much more connected than I would. But you wouldn't be the only player at eighteen and a half who's had their dream shattered because they've exactly. had, they, because they haven't perhaps applied themselves or the numbers just haven't rolled the dice haven't rolled that way. Yeah. But maybe it's because you were married. Maybe it's because you had someone there in your ear hole going for the right yeah. reasons. Yeah. No, keep yeah. going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Fair play. Do you know what I mean? Because it because it must have been that that then got you a couple yeah. of years later, wasn't it? It must have been. Cause yeah. I mean, to be fair, you can imagine how how desperate I was at one point. You know, because that that was my whole life. I I didn't have anything to fall back on. Forget, I mean, I didn't even have uh, a, a GCSE, CSE, O level. None. Of, yeah. I, I didn't have one to my name. So literally, I, I don't know what I would. I, I, to this day, I look back and I think, what what would I have done if I hadn't got got a second yeah. chance in football? But I did get that second chance. But when I got that second chance, I took it with both hands. I was never going to let it go. So I'm playing in the in the in the, in the reserves at, at QPR, playing well, good enough in my opinion to be knocking to be in that first team. Didn't get the chance. So I knew I had to move on. And I made it clear to the manager. I said, "Listen, you know, I, I need to, I need, I need a platform. I need to be playing in front of not 200 people and a cat and a dog. I need to be playing in front of a decent crowd." And I remember we played a reserve game against Tottenham Hotspur. And I remember the reserve team manager at the time was a guy called Peter Shreve. Now Peter Shreve was a uh, was a was at one point first team manager at Spurs. Yeah, I remember that. So we had him as a reserve team manager at the time. And he pulled me to one side. He went, "You got Spurs." He went, "You got you up against it today." What are you talking about? Because I didn't. I, I weren't phase who I played against. I loved if they wanted to kick. That was that was right up my street. I loved it. Bring it on. And he said, "You're playing against a, a bit of a thug today. He's going to try and put you in row Z first five minutes." I went, "He would join on that." Went, "No, not really." He went, "Well, it's Neil Ruddock. Normally a centre half, but he's left back today." I went, "Brilliant." Anyway, took him off after 35 minutes. Literally ran him to shreds. Put put the other left back on. Took him off after 60 minutes. John Doherty, the reserve team. Uh, sorry, the first team manager at Millwall was there with Chief Scout Bob Pearson. Anyway, on that day they agreed a fee of five thousand pounds, right, to take me to Millwall. So very next day, John Doherty came round my house to try and convince and sell Millwall Football Club to me, and that is a story in itself. You must have sat there as a as a. A British Asian, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the, the, the little Indian winger that's terrorised yeah. Neil Razor Ruddock, do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and took them out of the game and then you've got, yeah. you've got Millwall. So yeah. at that time, had you had any experience of Millwall as a, as a club? You know, I mean, you mentioned South London, the nightclubs and all yeah, of that, but, yeah, the, yeah. but Millwall has got its own way, hasn't it? Very, very unique club. Yeah. Um, all, all, I, all, I saw, all I knew, really, what was... What tempted was, you? Was, the dough? The, the first no, team? No, gosh, it, listen, yeah. you know, we're, talk, we're talking about back in, 19, yeah, yeah, yeah. back in 1987, Pete, so I, I can tell you straight away, the, the, mon- the money wasn't there. So going back to them days, I mean, you're asking about Millwall. Oh, what, I'm asking, yeah, what, yeah, this, the, what, yeah. what convinced me? I wasn't sure. Pete, yeah. I'll tell you something now, I wasn't sure, and I, th- I think I've gone on record, a lot of the Mill supporters will know this. When I got the opportunity to sign for Mill, because by the way, they, they agreed a fee of £5,000, which, yeah. which weren't a lot of money. Even back then, it weren't a lot of money. But Mill didn't have any money at the time, yeah. so for them, it was a little bit of a gamble, because I hadn't played any league football. I was 21 years old, 
and at that point I still hadn't played, played my league debut and I remember coming through the ranks at Crystal Palace there were six of us who, who signed uh, apprentice forms and two of them at 17 made their debuts now there's me roll on four years right yeah. I'm 21 years still, still at QPR not, many, not, make, not making my debut mm. so I had to make a decision so I rock up at my house and my missus is sitting there I've got John Dockley sitting there he's on about his fifth glass of whiskey love to yeah. scotch John Dock so he's now, he's now selling Millwall to me now all I know about Millwall is obviously coming through the ranks, us Hackney playing the likes of Blackheath, and I'm a playing against a lad called Nicky Coleman, who was a, who was signed schoolboys at at, um, at Millwall, and he, he was a, he was he was a proper hard left back, and he'd give me so much, he'd kick me all over the place, and he'd give me, and I'm thinking that's what Millwall. I knew it was at Millwall because I was at Palace at the time. That's what Millwall's about. But also, it was two years after the Luton riots. Yeah. And that was massive news. That went worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Millwall was just literally everyone was about. I think if you mentioned Millwall, it was awful. Yeah, no, no, the, you know, the whole, the whole name, mate. The, the, the whole, the whole name. You know, and it, do you know what? In a, it, you know, and we're now so many years later in 2019. But I think sometimes for the wrong reasons, mm. it still has that. It can still have that effect. Just the name, yeah. can't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you talk to people who don't really know about football. You mentioned Millwall. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, that, oh, that lot. Yeah. But having said that, ironically, them sort of guys, you know, them people, same people, you get them down Mill for the first time, they come out of the den yeah. thinking, what an unbelievably friendly club. And that's what yeah. Mill was about. So anyway, going back to when I was uh, had John Dot there. Yeah. So he's selling me the club. And I went, what about the Luton Riots? He went, no, no, no. He said, we're doing so much good work in the community. So he's giving it, he's bigging it all up. And, he, and I, I thought to myself, do you know what? And I, I, there was something, I don't know if it was something that he said or just a whole little pitch. But I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to sign for you guys. And I said, I said, John, I said, Doc, I went, I'm going to sign. I'm going to come to sign. He said, I'll pick you up in the morning. He said, tomorrow you'll be a Millwall player. So anyway, I, he, come, he, he, he staggered out of my house, right? <laughs> got, got in his car, right? Yeah. Back then it was rifle on it. You know, you could do all that, couldn't you? Right? Anyway, gets in his car and um, I'm thinking, fair play. This is, I'm just fine. I just signed for this kid. He could, yeah. he could hardly get in his car. I just signed like, a little while when he's yeah, like, he's the manager yeah. and he's, he's, he's fumbling about he with his keys. Make, he might not make it he's over the paperwork. He's fumbling about with his keys for about 10 minutes. I think I had to open his car door. Where's my paperwork? Imagine trying to explain that one to like the yeah. chairman. Yeah. Excuse me, like he was around my house yeah. and yeah. I did sign some paperwork yeah. and like, I yeah. should be playing. Yeah, all right, son. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he pulls me, he pulls up the next day, takes me, takes me to training. Um, I train with, with the Mill boys. After training, we go back to the den. So it, we go back to the den, the den, and it's, it's. I don't know if you've ever been to the old den. I know you've yeah, been to no, the new I've, den. No, I've been, I've been to Cobro Lane, mate. Cobro Lane, mate. intimidating, hostile. I mean, the, the whole place it just wants to have a tear up, didn't it? Do you it's, know what I mean? it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Because it only had them little row of seats there, didn't yeah. it? And the rest was sprawling yeah. concrete. But I've, it's I've, so close to the pitch. It's man. unbelievable. So, I mean, so you're playing right wing, you must have felt their right breath there. on your neck, mate. Right there, yeah. right there. Which is unbelievable. So anyway, so me and Doc, we've, we've finished training yeah. with the boys. I've got to sign my contract, right? So I rock up at the den. This is it. I'm breathing in the South London air. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all industrial around there. It's, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's waste. There's, there's scrap metal places all around. I mean, it's a hole, isn't it? Let's, let's be sure. Yeah, but it's a lovely but, hole. But it's a hole, but I always say this. It's, it's got character it's, it's, and it's got charm it's, and it's got yeah. realness in it. Yeah, but Pete, it's a hole where... I wanted to be. Yeah. I wanted to be, and I just when I rocked up there, and for the first time, and I started breathing, and I just thought to myself, my upbringing. I thought this is this is this is what I'm about. Yeah. This is I couldn't. You know what I mean? So anyway, cut long short. We got up to to John Doc's office, just about to sign the contract. Phone goes. It's Jim Gregory, who was the chairman at QPR. Yeah. Anyway, I could hear them having a conversation. Anyway, John Doc puts the phone down. He's stumping up and down. He's not happy. Steam's coming out of his ears. I went, Doc, what's up? He went. They've trebled the fee, so it's now yeah. fifteen grand. That, that, that might sound. No, man, I've got it because yeah. I was interested. Yeah. I've got it in my in my at yeah. Callum's expertly yeah. compared notes as 15, 15, 15 grand. bags. Right? Initially, yeah. initially they agreed, agreed yeah. five. So yeah. so the chair, so Reg Bird, the chairman at Mill, is sanctioned the five. Yeah. So now John Dock has now got to go, go back to the chairman, go left, trebled the, the fee, right? So he wasn't sure. He said, "Listen, Jim, I'm absolutely not sure that we we can sign you. I've got to speak to the chairman." He said, "We'll tell you what we're going to do." He said, "By the way," he said, no, and it was not only 15 grand, so three three times it, but also a third of the sell-on fee as well. Yeah. If I moved on, he weren't happy at all. He was, he was. I can't. I don't think. I, th I don't think we're going to do it. Anyway, he said, "Jimmy, go and take half hour. Go and have a walk around the stadium, have a little wander, come back in half hour, and I'll tell you the verdict. See if we're going to sign you or not." So perfect. So I've gone walking around the ground. I've gone up on the Coblo Lane. I've gone right to the top of the terraces. I'm looking down on the pitch, thinking. There's something about this place. There's something. My hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I'm thinking, would my upbringing, right, bit of a street boy, right, if I could have the first couple of games and, and do well, I might be able to have these boys on my side. And if I do that, I'll be, I'm going to be all right here. And I was, I was just thinking to myself, 
I really hope and pray that they can come to an agreement and when I go back in that office, yeah. I'll be able to sign that contract. And I've gone back down, John Dot went, right, Reg Burr's agreed it, signed the contract, went straight into the side on the Saturday, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday at the time I signed, straight into the team against uh, Oldham at home, March 87 it was. A uh, bit of a da drab nil-nil, done okay. Um, I think the Millwall fans saw a little bit about me that they could maybe sort of latch on to a little bit. Did you start? I started the game. Yeah, yeah, so yeah I started the game on the right wing. So, so that's a big sign as well, though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Started if me. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think yeah. that's one of the things as well, yeah. Pete. When, when John Docks ran me ass, yeah. I went, am I going to be a squad player? He went, Jimmy, if you sign, yeah. you're going straight into You'll be in my team on Saturday. So I signed in March, so we had April, May, so more, more or less about six, seven weeks towards the, towards the end of the season. I make my league debut. We just about escaped relegation yeah. on that on that um, on, in that season. Yeah. We've, we've get, we kept ourselves up. Now in the close season, Reg Burr came to John Dock, chairman, and he went, "I'm giving you six hundred thousand pound. Go and get us promotion." Mm. So at that point, that's big money back then. Big money back yeah. then. So he's gone out and bought George Lawrence from Southampton, Tony Cascarino yeah. from from Gillingham. Steve Woods from Reading. Um, was Teddy already there? Teddy, Teddy had come up through the ranks. Teddy, um, Terry Lock had come in just before me yeah. from Brentford. I'd signed in, obviously, yeah. in, in, in the March. And um, and Kevin O'Callaghan from, from Ipswich, who was a, yeah, a, yeah. a former middle youth yeah. team player. So with that team, you're just thinking, if we if we gel, we, we could have something here. And we started the season very, very well. Wasn't wasn't top for, for all the season. But, you know, we had, our, we had our dips and what have you. But we got to the point where 10 games to go, Towards the end of the season, and I was in and out. I was in and out the side because we had George Lawrence. We'd made new signings. I had to bide my time a little bit, but then I, I, I actually got on a banana diet, which actually done me no favours. I had three months out the side. So really? yeah, so basically, I had a, in the in the close season. I, um, John Do John Dock said to me, "Listen, you're very quick and what have you, but getting knocked off the ball a little bit." So he went try and put a little bit of weight, weight over um, on over the summer. So what I read in this book was, if you eat bananas, you put on weight. So I started eating 15 bananas a day on top of my normal diet. So I'd come back to pre-season two so heavier. Yeah. Right. I remember playing one of the early games uh, we played late in our in the Simod Cup. I, I remember the Simod Cup, mate. Yeah, Cup. Of course I do. Yeah. So the Simod Cup in the, in uh, late in our yeah. at home. George Lawrence is playing on the right wing. I'm sat on the bench. That's that's now like I mean Lane and Daff and uh, it's it's Probably it's, it's, like. it's auto win script. Is it, yeah. is it evolved to that the Simod? Sim similar sort of cup. It's that one. Yeah. But I remember the Simod, mate, because the final was at Simod. Wembley. It was. Yeah, the Simod Cup. Yeah. Same. I still call I still call the League Cup the Milk Cup. Yeah. yeah, I still call it Do the League Cup. Yeah, it winds everyone up. They're like, yeah. you still live in the past. So I'm like, I still call it the League Cup. Yeah. I, it was I call cup. it the Milk Cup. I call, I call, I call Coca-Cola. When, when you're on the radio, I say Jimmy's on the wireless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, do, I do live in the Old past. You know, I live in the past, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this particular game, yeah. so late, you know, it's, just, so it's, it's early games of the season. First round of the, of the, of the, of the Simod Cup. George Lawrence is playing in my position out, out, out wide. 15 minutes gone in, he pulls a hamstring. Anyway, I'll start warming up. John Dodge, right, you're going on. So I've come on the pitch, right? And uh, 20 minutes later, 35 minutes in, and I'm back sitting on the bench. Oh, so I'm sub, right? Sub, 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 the sub. Yeah. Embarrassing in front yeah. of your home crowd as well. That good, is it? We're in a good. Yeah. Was not a good moment yeah. for me. Yeah. I sat back down. John Dot used to have this big cigar. He's puffing. He's not even just watching the game. Not even looking to the side at me. And he just went. He went in a Scottish accent. I won't do it. But he's gone. You've got to get, that, get off them bananas, son. Yeah. And when we got back in the change room, he went, what's all about this bananas? I went, yeah, I'm on 15 a day. He went, I'm not having you on 15 a day. Are you serious? Open my bag up. I had three bunches in there. <laughs> five hands of bananas I had, I had three, in there. Yeah. three bunches in there. Yeah. So he went, listen, not, 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 not in the head. So I had three months out the side on that particular season. We went up and I had to get, get where the weight did you, off. Where, where did you read that? that like, where, where did this <laughs> some, idea some, come some from? Some nutrition, nutrition book, Pete. Yeah. The only thing is, I've taken it to another level. Not, not once did they say you've got to be 15. I said, they said, I think if you, if you want to bulk up a little bit, maybe one or two more bananas on top of your diet yeah. I've gone I've gone in I've gone in on 15s haven't I let's take us on this this, this Millwall promotion party then well I made the seven shirt my own yeah. obviously with the bananas you know that, that got ditched clearly yeah. and I, I came back fighting for it quick did, as anything quick, even quicker did Millwall win the league or come second or? we were, we were champions you, you we went yeah. up yeah. But so, so Mark what was that like then you know that, that realisation that Millwall were going to be in, in what is now the Premier League it was a brilliant time for, for all of us Pete and I, and I tell you why because we, we all had we all had a point to prove yeah. we, we, you know the likes even, even Cascarino 
you know, it, it, a lot of clubs, big clubs have looked at him. Yeah. And they and they didn't take that chance. I think I think being, be I mean, you've touched on it here with the likes of Teddy Cash, Chop, yeah. when they're talking about Mill, Millwall, they'll, they'll talk about it in such such endearing terms. No, no, you can you can feel it. You yeah. Know, it's, it's like yeah. more. It was, it's something that was, it was yeah. a powerful moment yeah. in their career. Wasn't yeah. It? And, I, and I think you've got to have that in, inside of you inherently that. Does that exist now, Jim? Does that exist now, though? I think Millwall players are born. I think yeah. they're born. I think you're born to be a Millwall player. I, I, I really That's a good bit, Callum. Look, you're born yeah. to be a Millwall player. Can you be born to be a Fulham player? Well, you, you probably you probably, yeah. you probably could, but yeah. I'm, all, all I know yeah. is in terms of Millwall. So I, t- I spoke about when I went to Millwall for the first time. It resonated the whole ground, yeah. sort of just 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 getting that feeling. Yeah, there, there are though. It's, there are some players like like Alexander Mitrovic. He's probably too good to be at Fulham still, right? He really is, yeah. yeah. But he just loves the club. He loves he loves the fans, he loves the environment. You know, he, he couldn't be any more popular with everyone. And yeah. there's something, mean, something there that you just, like you see him out there, you just want, you know, he's yeah. going to give everything. Yeah, and the fans will, will pick up on that. Yeah. They know, they know. You, that's one thing about a football field, you can't hide. Okay, Jim, so that was a nice half time, mate. Gonna talk about the, the next part of your football career. Sure. And um, then something something, you know, amazing I guess happened to you. There was a proper big money move, wasn't there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was. There t- was t- tell yeah. us about that. How did that first first come to early nineties? Yeah, yeah, early nineties. So um, we uh, so we had two 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 years in the top flight with Millwall. Yeah. Got relegated our second season, didn't quite happen for us, so we end up in in, in, in division two. Um, which is obviously now the championship. Uh, we had a change of manager by that that by that yeah. point. Who's in charge? Jim? We, had a, we had a fellow called Bruce Riot come in. Riot, yeah, okay. Bruce Riot, yeah, yeah. Fa- famous lad, Scottish, yeah. Scottish international. For me personally, Bruce coming in, he he put all, uh, so much faith in me as a player within that Millwall team when he came in. In fact, so much so that he said to the likes of Alex Ray or Terry Erlock, you need to go to him. Listen, when you win that ball, give it to if you. you don't give it to Jimmy, I'm taking you off. So uh, we, we start the season very, very well. Um, Teddy Teddy ends up scoring 38 goals that season, by the way. Teddy was absolutely That was his big move, though, wasn't it? That was his big... Um, and and, and I, I'm making goals left, right and centre every single week, playing probably 9 out of 10 every week. I'm, I'm literally on fire. And about sort of two months into the season, there was a lot of talk about clubs. In fact, Arsenal were the, were the main club who were reported to have... have who wanted to get, take me to, to Highbury at the time. Uh, George Graham was always at, at the ground with Theo, Theo Foley, who was, a, who was his assistant manager at the time. Um, and it got to about January, just after Christmas, where we were still going well. I was still, play, still playing really, really well. And all of a sudden, there was um, a bit in the paper about the league champions, Liverpool, coming in for me. Um, How do you feel when you, when you read that? I mean, is it, do, do, genuinely, is it the first you see of it when you turn the paper, or did you do, do you know? Because you, it's a different world, but like, yeah. Callum won't get it. 1991 yeah. is a different world to what it is now. We don't have yeah. these gadgets. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember I had an eight, my agent at the time was Frank McClintock, because uh, up until that, most, the early part of my career, I, didn't, I never had an yeah. agent. I mean, unlike now, I mean, every, every player's yeah. got an agent. So I took, I, I, I said to Frank, come and you know, be, be my agent. Anyway, he ring me up, he rings me up one day and he went, Got a club coming for you because Coventry had come in for me. Arsenal, I knew were looking, and um, he said, "Is a, a club that, that want to sign you?" And I went, "Go on." I said, "Is it?" Is it? And I ruled off a couple of teams, and he went, "No, nah, bigger than that." And, went, and I went, "But then he went, no, nah, bigger than that." And I went, "Come on, Frank, just just put, put me out, put me out of misery." He went, "It's Liverpool. Kenny wants to sign you at Anfield for at, at Liverpool." And I went, "Gosh, really?" And I went, "Oh, right, wow." So anyway, cut a long story short, um, they agreed a fee, uh, nearly a million quid. And I remember, I remember going back to. So, so I remember Bruce Rio then calling me in, into the change room and saying into, into the, his, oh, his office, should I say, and saying that um, we've agreed a fee with Kenny Dalglish, Liverpool. Uh, Kenny wants to see you up at Liverpool tonight. Uh, go back to the to the den, pick up your boots, and um, yeah, I wish you all the very best. You know, uh, so that's what I done. Went back to get the boots. I've got to ask you something, Jim. This is like. You know, nowadays I see the transfer window and I see people arriving with their drivers and they're in the back of the blacked out car. When 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 Bruce said to you, right, mate, you yeah. know, you got to get up to Liverpool. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, so that's yeah. a long way up for a from from a North yeah. London boy. That, that's yeah. a, how did you get up there? Well, this this is a, an incredible story, and I've got to tell this right. So, I at the time I just bought quite a big house, so I use a lot of my signing on fees and my wages to buy this house. So I ended up with a hundred quid car. It was a yellow Datsun. With a massive antenna at the roof, it was obviously someone like a like a, a cab driver who, who had who, who part exchanged it in, 
and I, so I was driving around. I was one of the top players at Millwall, right? At the time, we were like me, Teddy, Cass, yeah. right? Herlock, and I've got the worst car in 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 anyone at the club, even people in the ticket office. So I'm maybe, maybe maybe you, maybe you were Kante's role, role model, mate, because he drives around Chelsea <laughs> in his little mini, doesn't he? Do you know what <laughs> well, I mean? Exactly. So yeah. there's me driving around. It's beating up old yeah. Datsun, Datsun Sunny. I bet with, Ted did ever beating up Datsun Sunny. Did he, he 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 at the time had a had a brand new. Um, BMW convertible, three series, uh, and and I was rocking up in this. Yeah. Some, I had to park it around the corner from the den and, yeah, and yeah. walk about half a mile. Because like, the, the, so the did it did it, did it make it out of Anfield, mate, or Melrose or wherever you would have no, gone? Did I, it? I couldn't I couldn't take no. a chance. No. So, so basically, we, we ordered a cab, uh, and this is where it gets a little bit interesting because the the, the, the cab rocks up. I've got to be at Watford Junction to get yeah. to, the train up to Lime Street. The cab rocks up. Um, I'm, I'm just about to get in the cab. My missus comes out the door to give me a little cut to wish me good luck. Yeah. Now my little boy, we only had one little one child at the time. It was Luke, who was about 18 months at the time, um, maybe a little bit younger. He slams the door. So my missus is outside. We're all outside. He's in. He's inside. So we're we're now trying to coax him to try and open yeah. the door. Anyway, it's so about half hour. We're still there. We end up eventually about 45 minutes later getting him out the cat flap. So we've got him out. We've got him out. We coaxed him out the cat flap. He's small enough. Got him out. Anyway, by that time, we're jumping the cab. You've got to be making part of this, huh? No, 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 it's absolutely true. So now we're saying to the driver, driver, you've got to put your foot down, mate, because we, I'm I'm, about to start with Liverpool tonight, right? And I've got a train. The drivers say, yeah, what, mate, they all say that. Yeah, so to be fair to him, he's Indian fella, he's literally, I think he's chucked a few more quid on the meter just for his putting his foot down, because he knows he's put... All right, you said the way Liverpool, he went ching, 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 and turned out a few more times. So we get to we get to Watford Junction, we've missed the train. So I went, Frank, you've got to make the call, mate. So he phones Kenny up, he went, Kenny, just to let you know, we said we had a bit of traffic, a bit of traffic. So we, 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 he said, what do you want us to do? He went, listen, Frank, don't worry, tell Jimmy not to worry. To get, there's another train, uh, about 15 minutes time. It's going to go up Preston though, not in Lime Street. I'll meet you at Preston, go across to Southport. Yeah. Uh, Peter Robinson, chief exec, will be there. Um, and that's it. So that was us on the train. We, get, we eventually got on the train. And um, I remember Frank getting out bits of paper going, well, okay, you know what? When uh, so when we're sitting down talking about figures and what have you, and uh, you know if they offer that wages, we'll go for that. And uh, signing on through, we'll go for a little bit more. And I turned to him and I went, Frank, are you serious? <laughs> I said, whatever you do, do not make this about money because I just want to sign for Liverpool. This is like a, I'm signing for the league champions. Four, three times. Four, oh no, they were the best yeah. team in the galaxy the, back then. The best they? team. They, they, they picked up. You know, yeah. they, they'd handpicked players. So they, they'd have you on the right and balls on the left in your mind, wouldn't they? Like, well, well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so uh, he went. Oh, listen, he said, but I'm just, I'm just trying to make, 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 make sure that you're okay. That's yeah. what I'm here for. He said. I went, oh, so right, see, Frank, Frank's playing the Foy Jones role there. He's trying to get the best deal for you. He's the best trying deal to get the best them. deal. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but at that moment in time, on the train up to 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 to, to, to Preston, Pete. I wasn't interested yeah, in talking no, figures. No. I just wanted to meet Kenny Daglish. Yeah. Did that. you believe it? Did, 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 like, oh, I was. Uh, listen, I yeah. was in. I was in dream world. Wasn't yeah. I? I was in dream world. I mean, you, you always. You go back to that time when Palace ripped your contract up, and then yeah. you know. You know, so you're only eight years later. Yeah. Eight, eight, eight years later. Yeah. You know, you yeah. You, you joined in the, the best team in Europe. The best team in Europe. So I'm on, we're on the train. I said, listen, don't make it back. I was just on the sign for Liverpool. So anyway, we get up there, get out the station. Kenny's there. He's got his big white Mercedes there. Shake his hand. I said, Kenny, how you doing? Anyway, I get back in the back of the car. Frank's in the front. We drive to Southport. Uh, I excused myself quite early on because it was getting late by that time, and um, obviously we had training in the morning. And then Frank calls me up about half hour later. He says, it's all done. You, you can, Kenny's going to pick you up and sign for Liverpool tomorrow. I said, brilliant, fantastic. So I went to training. So Kenny picks me up in the morning. We go to. <laughs> so at that back then, I mean, they, the boys go straight to Melwood now. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. They, they used to go to Anfield. Yeah. They used to meet Anfield. All your kit was laid out for you. And it was the old-fashioned kit back from back in the 70s as well. Old-fashioned material, right? So when it rained, really, really heavy, heavy gear. And, he, and they'd put you on this old rickety old bus from the 70s as well. They were very much about ground, keeping the yeah. players grounded. Not Nothing glitzy or glamorous about it. And that's what me, uh, Liverpool were all about back then. So I remember, first day, we drive, so I'm driving with Kenny from Southport. Up to up to Liverpool, we're going through all like the you know the docks and yeah, yeah. we're coming into Anfield, all them terrace houses, what you see on like Coronation yeah. Street and all that. Literally, rock up there. I walk into I walk into the change room, and all of a sudden I'm getting changed with the likes of Jan Mulby, John, Ian Rush, John Barnes, Steve McMahon, Ronnie Wheeling, Ray Houghton, you know, all the, all these top top players that I've been used to seeing on Match of the Day. Yeah, and I'm thinking. This is one. This is one yeah. special moment, isn't it? Yeah. but also you also know deep down that you've done something good to be there. You've earned the right to be there in many ways. So 
I always remember, yeah, signed on I think on the Wednesday, went straight into the team on the, on the, on the Saturday, Aston Villa away, 42,000 people there. I remember Kenny Dagley's coming up to me about an hour before kickoff and handing me the number seven shirt. I mean, that's huge. You, yeah, mate, seven. Uh, no, you, what, what, was that Craig Johnston's shirt? I, seven I, at the time? I'm not sure if he was number seven, no. but you know, you, you think I'm trying to think he was famous. playing. Well, Kevin well, King, I, know it's Kenny, I know it's Kenny's shirt. Kenny, Kenny's, Kenny's shirt. Kenny's shirt. Kevin, you know, Kevin, Kevin King before him. Yeah. And for him to come up and give me the number seven shirt, yeah. as a skinny little Indian boy from Stoke Newton, let me tell you something, it does not get yeah. any better than that. That in itself, though, when you talk about that journey and how, and how careers can change and be made, you know, you if perhaps your missus hadn't made you go walk, walk yeah. in the top number and yeah. wait for that guy to come down the stairs, and if you hadn't have took that chance at QPR, that doesn't happen, does it? Absolutely. Because it's all that. And, and yeah. again, that, that moment perhaps at Millwall when you're thinking, I fancy this. Yeah. Don't know why. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why, but I fancy yeah. this. I just think, with every, every, and you'll know this, Pete, with every decision there's a consequence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you t whichever road or, or, or little turning you take, Will define your yeah. future career. You've got to mean it, I think, with any decision. You've got, yeah. you've got to go, no, that's it. So, yeah. So, so that's where we're all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm pulling the red shirt with the yeah. number seven shirt on my back, running down the wing for, for, for Liverpool. And I remember the first game at home, we played Wimbledon at home. I got man in a match um, at home. Uh, still got the decanter and the massive big magnum of champagne. So these are memories that you know yeah. I'll always look back on. And you know, I'm, I'm a proud grandfather now. So for me to, you know, to one day show my grandkids, you know, that. Uh, you know your dad. You know your granddad done a little bit when he was when he was uh, when he was, when he had more hair. But they're all Millwall <laughs> fans, aren't they? Hey, the grandkids. I'm sure. I'm sure they're all. <laughs> they, will, they will be. I mean, she's, yeah. a, she's a little girl, but yeah. she's already got a Millwall kit. Yeah, there you go, mate. <laughs> so, so from, from from Liverpool, it was then to Arsenal, wasn't it? It was on to Arsenal. So, so unfortunately for me, what was a very very special time in my, my life, special time in my career, ended up within four to five weeks of taking a complete U-turn. So Kenny Dalglish. Quite publicly re re uh, resigned four yeah. weeks into signing me. So for me, I knew then that I was going to be under cost a little bit. I knew whoever came in are going to have want their own players. Are going to want to bring their own backroom staff. Graham Sooners came in from Glasgow Rangers. Um, he made it pretty clear to me that I wasn't part of his plans. He said yeah. to me, "I'm going to buy Mark Waters, who was a Glasgow Rangers player, um, in your position, and you're not there, going to play. Yeah, yeah I'm not, you're not going to play." So he said, "If I was you, you know, we know the figure that we want for you." He said, if I were you, once we accept it, I think the best thing for you, if you want to play football, yeah. is we'll, we'll let you go. Do you, do you know what's really weird, Jim? Like, like, not, this is not to do with professional sport, but in the businesses I recruit for, right? And this is so, it's so real, and I, I just want to put it in there. I see situations where, you know, a hiring manager brings someone in and it works so well. That hiring manager leaves for whatever reason, and that person who's come in, their performance is gone or affected or whatever, yeah. and, it, and it and it can have like, like because the leadership yeah. because you know you you're, yes you're signing for the club and yes you're, you're but you're playing for your governor you're playing for your gaffer aren't you yeah. you're, you're, you know and that's and that, that could be so powerful I, I guess the I guess the, the I don't know you might have took it differently but mm. at least so it's Graham Sooners was straight through the front door yeah. I, I guess yeah. there is that yeah. rather yeah. than uh, yeah and I'd always give him credit for that for, for me if he'd messed me around and sort of. Uh, just left me in limbo. Yeah. For, for me, the fact that he came in and just was very, very forthright and went, you know what? You're not for me. Yeah. I you know, he was basically saying, I don't rate you. Yeah. Right. You're not. You're not for me. Um, I know there's other clubs looking at you. And for me, for me, I knew Arsenal were, were yeah. tracking the situation. As soon as Kenny went, yeah. George Graham's ears pricked up. And thought, yeah. You know what? We'll get him on the cheap. See, Daddy's thinks George Graham would have had the Millwall link anyway, wouldn't he? Of Say course. The of do, course. You know, do you know he's talking about Graham Sooners again? He won't remember this Graham Sooners, but yeah. I met him once um, and we had a chat. My, my little boy, who's now, well, say little, he's nearly 21, he was mascot at Fulham Newcastle game when Sooners was the okay. manager, right? No. And then I remember like we were there and Sooners sort of walks out and he had his immaculate suit on and that, and I was there, sort of thing. And he was just so nice to my little Harry. Like, you know, was he? he was nice. just, he got on his level, he spoke to him, he asked him who his favourite player Brilliant. was, and Harry proudly went, Luis Barramorte, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, but it was yeah. just like, but it was, honestly, there's, there's little things. And I just thought, like, you know, he, he had this reputation, I think, perhaps from the press, that he's yeah. this or that. Yeah. Whereas at that moment in time, he couldn't yeah. have been any nicer. Well, that's really fantastic to hear that, you know, how, how accommodating and how yeah. lovely it was to, to your boy. Yeah. Was the move back down to to Arsenal? So you know, back to Ivory, so where, yeah. where you grow up. Yeah. Uh, you said your missus is a Tottenham family. 
So, so was she was she pro the move or against the move or yeah, just yeah? No, I mean absolutely, yeah. actually made up. So I, I mean remember. coming back to Arsenal, I mean so again you you know you yeah. you, you you've gone from Millwall to Liverpool, so like you know the, the number one Arsenal yeah. at the time were, yeah. were, were were if not beating them for the league in second place, weren't they? Well, it's, a, it's quite funny you yeah. mention that because when I signed for Liverpool, they, they were league champions. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I just signed January '91. I left October '91. By the time I signed for Arsenal, they were also they were league champions. Yeah. So it, t- it turned round. So um, I, I signed both times for, for, the, for yeah. the current league champions. So I always remember when um, Frank said to me that George wants to sign you. So I was in Plaster at the time. Uh, I, I was one of the players that uh, done the Achilles. So I was six, six weeks in Plaster. And Frank said, spoken to George. George said, tell Jimmy, get himself out of Plaster. Couple of weeks training. Play two reserve games, prove his fitness, and he'll be an Arsenal player the following day. Exactly went the plan. Second reserve game, played a Bolton away. Scored from 25 yards, top bins. Uh, got back home, um, and next day was at Anfield picking my boots up. Flight down to London, went down to London, thinking, oh, I'm going to be. You were driving yellow Datsun then, mate. No, I, flew, I flew down. I flew down, mate. I flew down. Yeah. Flew down. I met Frank at yeah. Highbury, uh, and I'm thinking, so where's George? George Graham. I've just, I've just agreed to come to come to Arsenal. Apparently, he was on the golf course. Uh, he loved it, loved it. And he left it in the capable hands of um, of Ken Fryer, the managing director. So I always remember. Signing the contract, and I always remember this as well. I never actually knew what I was money-wise what I was signing yeah. for. I was just so desperate because I, I grew up an Arsenal supporter. So for me to actually yeah. be sitting in, in the marble halls at Highbury with Ken Fryer putting my signature to an Arsenal contract was unbelievable. It was only till I turned to the back of the back of the contract that I actually knew what wages I was on. Really? That wouldn't happen there. No, no that chance. Wouldn't, that wouldn't happen now. That wouldn't happen now. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, I remember Ken uh, Fire putting the, env- uh, the contract in an A4 envelope, and uh, me was it a brown out. one? I imagine it'd be a brown it, one. It was a brown. It had to be a brown, a brown one. Yeah, yeah. A4 yeah. envelope. I came out of Highbury. I'm now an Arsenal player. I've just signed my contract. I'm looking across. Down Marble Aver- walls, mate. Marble walls road, yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, spoke to Nobby. The guy who was out there was a big sort of like big out with all the medals and that. He's, he was like the, the sort of security guard. Shook his hand. He went, "Welcome to welcome to Arsenal. The, welcome to the Arsenal." The Arsenal, wasn't yeah. it? So there's me. So anyway, Frank was outside, and Frank uh, lived not far from. I still call it the Arsenal. The yeah, Arsenal. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank was outside. He went. So do you want to lift home? Because we live very close in North yeah. London. Um, and I said, No, I'm going to walk back to my dad's. Now my dad lived, lived in. Uh, he still lived there in an apartment, um, little flat yeah, yeah. Um, in Stoke Newington. And I walked through the, the back home, back through to, the flats, through yeah. the flats where I'd walk through as, a, as an 11, 12 year old oh, kid to come play, to the ground. And I, w- I rang the bell. And I w- we always had a little code because you know he didn't. He said if you like a little special ring, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one in my father-in-law's yeah, house. Like, yeah, we've got there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people come and look yeah, for money and all that. Yeah, sort of they never so, answer yeah. the door. Let's yeah. do a special knock. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 well, so, I'm so, from that world, Jim. Yeah, I know so, that world. So, yeah. three, three rings. Buzz. Yeah. He went and he went. I went, Dad, it's me. He went. He went, James. What are you doing? And he went. I said, I'll tell you when I come up. I went upstairs to his to his flat, and he went, What are you doing? I thought you were at Liverpool. Like, what are you doing down here? You down for a couple of days? Dad, I've just signed for Arsenal, and I put my contract on the table, and he got he got quite emotional. Yeah. Oh, fair play. He got quite. That's emotional. a special moment, though, isn't it? It was a special moment. That's a special moment. Yeah. So, so Arsenal Football Club. Um, how old are you there, Jim? When you Arsenal? Twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five years so, old. So, so, so yeah. mid, middle of, middle of your career. How'd your career end from there? Uh, I ended up having three and a half, three and a half years there. I mean, I, I, to be fair, didn't play as much as I could have done. Yeah. Um, when you look at the players at the time in the squad, I mean, certainly in the front line, I mean, every, every single one of them people was, was yeah. an international player, from David Seaman yeah. to Alan Smith and Ian right up front. You go through that whole team, you know, you, you look, I mean, I go through it now, you know, you know Dave, Dave, Dave Seaman, right back, Lee Dixon, Nigel Winterham, Steve Bolt, Tony Adams, um, you had a midfielder. Ray, You're back Ray, around characters there, aren't you, as well? But for me, you know, like I said before, you know, like, you had the likes of um, Anders Limpart, you had, yeah. uh, you know, um, top, top players, Paul Davis, you know, Anna Smith, Paul Murphy. Person, Kev Campbell, Ian Wright, all top top players. So, for me trying to break into that team, I found it very very difficult. Um, and of, of course, when you when you're not playing regularly, when you do get called on, Pete, it's yeah. never the same. You're never quite 100 percent um, as opposed to when you're playing every single week. So, no, I, I, mean, I, mean, when yeah, I, came I can in, imagine if you're playing match fit and you're in, you're in, you're in, you're there. But it's yeah. and, and squads even. I mean, it doesn't sound like you know it's not that long ago. You know, ninety-one to ninety-five isn't that long ago. But but squads weren't rotated as much then, were they? George no. Graham squads weren't. Like, you know, it was it was like no. that, that fourteen, wasn't well, it? You that two, fifteen. You had, you had two subs. Yeah. Yeah. Two. You had two subs. You had yeah yeah. You had a good sixteen solid solid yeah. squad. 
and um, you know back then you know you didn't really get injured that that much um, so you know for, for breaking into that team but even if I came in and played well say the likes of like Merce or, yeah. or Kev Campbell right, got fit then I'd probably be you know back on the bench or not even in the squad so it was a tough time so it's frustration kicking in I mean, that, well, can, that can get to you can't it it, it does and, and, and uh, you know I can quite openly say you know sometimes my professionalism maybe was waned a little bit and, and was uh, left wanting because but it's difficult when you know you're not playing on a Saturday you, you know and you're going to be playing in the reserves on the, the following Tuesday you know you, you indulge a little bit more and, 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 and that's a knock-on effect as well because if you're not in peak fitness and you all of a sudden you're getting on a, you know, a few beers when you maybe you shouldn't do it's a knock-on effect and mm. you know I had a couple of high moments at Highbury obviously scoring two in one game against Southampton was brilliant and being a part of the squad that you know I've got the medals to show for it um, not that it probably mean too much for me because the only medal that means the world to me is my Millwall medal because yeah. I played every single game in, in the team when we went up but I've got, yeah. I've got League Cup winners medals got FA Cup winners medals I was in the European Cup winners cup squad so you know I mean so there's very very high home moments within that three and a half years at the football club but on a personal level it's, it's almost, like it's, almost like it's almost like yeah, you can feel it and it's almost like you went on that journey and you had that amazing like promotion with me all and them years now yeah. you get your dream move you get another dream move and it's sort of like it hasn't quite Quite, quite gone as yeah. as how, how you would have hoped it to gone. But, you, but, yeah. but I mean, looking at it from the from the outside, you know, you've achieved so much. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, like to play a minute of professional football would have been my dream. Like just to, yeah. you know, he wouldn't even have been at Fulham. I'd have took it with anyone really. But I yeah. wouldn't have minded coming out of Fulham. So no, I think it's incredible, it's, mate. I think that's amazing. But yeah. but then but then you know you had you had you had a good good few years at Portsmouth, didn't you? Enjoyed it, Dan. So yeah, got, it's uh, another raw club with. Great support. Proper so if you look, so if you look at the proper club, club. If, you look at, club. if you look at the clubs I played for, you know, all passionate yeah. supporters. You know what I mean? And Pompey was one of them, and I mean, massive support down there. Yeah. Uh, I remember vividly my, 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 my career down there didn't start that that, that well, but won won the fans round, got to know what the club was about. Yeah and um, it was difficult for me to make that transition from, from Arsenal because when you leave a club like Arsenal especially having three and a half, three and a half four years there it's, it's, it's a top top club it's, I imagine it's after. everything about it the whole it the facility the, the support the, the whole thing that goes it, with that it, experience exactly. the ground the marble Pomp, Pomp is down at Fratton Park I mean it's yeah. a doctor it's the yeah. dockers it's a rough old environment but I, but I guess it's, it's different I had a decent time turned the crowd around and really enjoyed my time at Pompey I really really did and um, yeah, it was a shame when it comes in. That saw my, my three-year contract out yeah. down there, uh, which culminated in me, in me getting another move back to back to Millwall. I had two, I had two options actually: to go to Millwall, or back to Millwall, should I say, or go and sign for Brighton. Yeah, with a lad called um, Brian Horton, who uh, was the manager at Brighton yeah. at the time, and um, offered me more money. He was Oxford down there. as well, wasn't he? Brian? He was at Oxford. Yeah. yeah, and um, it was the. It was a challenge of going back to Millwall. Yeah. I knew going back there, I wasn't the player that I, yeah. I left when I left. But there's Cause, a, there's that's a... interesting, though, because a lot of people say you shouldn't go back. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, I look back at some of the players that have come back to Fulham, you know, that have gone and come back, and I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's it must be hard to go back. You know, Pete, I couldn't you, resist it, mate. Yeah, I couldn't, I, know, I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't resist it. I knew. What sort of welcome did you get? Um, good, good. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, 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 I, know, I wasn't as quick as I once was, yeah. and I wasn't the player when I left to go to Liverpool, of course. Yeah. But that's evolution, mate. You know what yeah. I mean? There's, there's players, you know, of high, much higher stature than me that would, would be in the same situation. You know, at some point. Did you move from a winger to a centre mid or anything like that, or try? Uh, like... I, I did it at Port. At yeah. Portsmouth. So my last season at Portsmouth, I moved into playing centre midfield with with, uh, with Martin Allen. Yeah. Um, start. I remember playing one. Who was your mate from QPR? He was mate yeah. from QPR. He was doing the dogged work and yeah. getting his foot in and whatever. You giving me the ball, and I was going little mazy runs, exposing the back four. So I carved out a nice little thing, little little position there for me, a, a position where I never really thought that I, I'd be able to play but I, I took upon it I took a different view to how I played that role and it was very important I had uh, someone yeah. as physical as Martin Allen beside me but I got to the point where Nottingham Forest coming for me yeah. when I was at Pompey do you know what in that sort of like little tag team I think where we've actually just again you know Fulham the team not going to turn you boys over to mine here we go yeah I'm going to put it as much again but do you remember um, we swan Harry Arter right and, and I think Harry Arter can do exactly the same thing there to Big give Tom him. Kennedy the ball. Because yeah. Tom Kennedy needs the ball. There's yeah. no point in him being on the yeah, pitch yeah, unless yeah. he has the ball. Yeah. Arter can do all that running, all that niggling, yeah. getting people's faces. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, different yeah. way maybe to Martin Allen, because it's a different era, but, yeah. but that, that's going to enable Kennedy to play. Yeah, I think that's, that's important and a really good point that you make that, because everyone brings their own little bit of quality into the team. And, you know, you, you, know, you can't... It's, 
you know, if you're if you're not if your forte is not diving in and making yeah. tackles, then why ask that player to do it? Give him yeah. give him the responsibility to do what that player's good at, and that's where you that's where if you get that as, a, as an all round team, that's when you, you Ch- end up change being the top team. Ten Jimmy Carter's and a goalie are not going to get me all in the top of, flight, of, are they? Of course not. But but, but not. a goalie, a rhino, a hurlock, a little, a, a little less and, you know, you on the wings. That's that's a team, isn't it? It's that blend. It's yeah. finding that right blend, and we yeah. had it we had it back back then, and all the successful sides have that in abundance. Jimmy. Carter, Jimmy Carter 7, first British Asian player in the, <laughs> in, in the top league. Uh, that's your football career, mate. So there you have it. It's the half-time point in our discussion with Jimmy. Released next week for the next 45 minutes, we will find out what has happened in Jimmy's life post-football, what's in store for Jimmy breaking into sports media, and how he fares in the penalty shootout quiz. So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do.